Hello, and welcome to The Beeline, the official podcast of the West Virginia National Guard. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Caleb Vance, a public affairs specialist with your West Virginia National Guard. Today on the show, I have Lieutenant Colonel John Wiles and Lieutenant Jamie Dumproff to talk about Task Force Medical and the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being on the show today. Um, I'm going to start off. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel John Wiles, could you please introduce yourself and just a little bit about what you're doing right now during the COVID pandemic? Yes, my name is Lieutenant Colonel John Wiles. Uh, I'm with the Virginia Air National Guard. I am the surf sea commander. Surf is a sea burning, which is a chemical, uh, nuclear, and biological response package. Um in my civilian world, I am a optometrist in St. Albans, West Virginia, and have been for 34-plus years. Uh, I am now the task force commander for the state of West Virginia, and and the reason that came about was in the, the medical sea, the medical surf P side is already a joint task force, and because of that, I was able to speak Army and Air Force, and it just made a, a natural uh, progression from that with this being also a biological entity that we're dealing with. All right, so Lieutenant Jamie Dumproff, can you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Lieutenant Jamie Brooks Dumproff, and I am a public health officer with the West Virginia Air National Guard in Charleston, West Virginia. I have been in the Guard serving for the past 10 years. Uh, I was prior enlisted. I am currently activated for COVID-19 response, serving as the epidemiologist on our task force medical team. For those that do not know, an epidemiologist is defined as a person who studies or is an expert in the branch of medicine, which deals with the incidence, distribution, and possible control of diseases. In the civilian roles, I work at the National Institutes of Health, or NIH, as a safety specialist. In this role, I work in biosafety for the NIH laboratories to include our high containment laboratories that are currently working on creating a vaccine for COVID-19. For COVID-19 response, I've been actively collaborating with both the Air and the Army National Guard, our state and local health departments, and with West Virginia University. Colonel Wiles, I just want to ask how it feels because you're not only a doctor before but you served in the military for how many years uh i have been in the military this june will be my 19th year okay so your your service to community and and your service to the guard how has that felt in this specific situation that we're in right now well yeah i've always been active in my town specific duties and items and, and this this just has this has heightened that to a level where you're not only giving a little bit I really feel like we're we're, we're giving a lot and that we are able to uh, to really fulfill our function to the greatest you know obviously we're saving people's lives so how, how, how cool can that be Still is ever changing that we um, we have to a lot of times, for lack of a better word, make decisions on the fly or by the seat of the pants, 
um, based on on common and common medical and healthcare situations, and kind of make them adapt to that what's going on at the time. Okay. Okay. We've seen that West Virginia has one of the lowest um, rates per per people tested, lowest confirmed cases, all of that stuff, and some experts have, have lauded our response to that, and some people have lauded other things, but do you think Task Force Med played a role into how that has played out and how well we've responded, and also do you think that we learned very quickly from other states and other countries that had fast, rapid breakouts that we were able to learn from that and and put things that were proven to work into play? Yes, I believe that that definitely um, allowed us to respond and to help with controlling uh, the virus here in West Virginia. From the very beginning, when we were activated, uh, Task Force Medical went straight to the State Health Department and said, we are here, we want to help, what can we do to help you all? And off of that, we've created a collaboration with the state and local health departments to assist in testing and response and uh, setting up hospitals and, and et cetera. And through this collaboration, we have had great results. Okay. Okay. So are we still providing state agencies help? Yes. Um, so for example, as the epidemiologist on Task Force Med, I have been providing assistance as an advisor to the National Guard the state and the county health department. I have been working at and collaborating with not only my fellow Air and Army National Guardsmen, but also my fellow epidemiologists and other health officers at the state and local levels to help with our main goal in the state, which is to slow down COVID-19 disease transmission here in West Virginia. To slow down this transmission and help our state with reopening, and being able to return to normal, we mainly need to do four things. Uh, First is test widely in West Virginia. Second is isolate people sick and infected with COVID-19. Third is find everyone who's been in contact with the infected person. And fourth, quarantine these contacts for the uh, required 14 days is set by the CDC since the last contact with the infected individual. Um, Task Force Med and Task Force Free have been helping the local health departments with testing widely by collaborating with them for COVID-19 drive-through testing throughout the state. National Guard providers and nurses have been working alongside the health department counterparts with doing the swabbing at these drive-through testing sites. Other Guard personnel uh, from Task Force Med and Task Force Cree have also assisted the health departments with administrative, traffic safety, and decontamination procedures in order to keep both the public and the workers safe during the drive-through testing. Okay. And then once the health department actually receives the lab test results from the mass testing sites, such as these, 
as well as uh, local hospitals and other medical facilities that are performing the testing, they start the voluntary COVID-19 mapping process of isolating those sick with COVID-19 and quarantining their contacts. Um, this is particularly resource intensive and as cases, cases rise, more individuals will be needed to ensure the voluntary COVID-19 mapping of all confirmed cases can be done. So to assist the local health departments with this, um, WVU collaborated with both the state and us to create a course for both volunteers and WVU students to um, teach them about COVID-19, infection control, voluntary COVID-19 mapping, and patient confidentiality in order to prepare these volunteers and WVU students to help at their local health department. Awesome. That's great. Um, so one other thing that the um, task force med has uh, offered up is that we have been working with the um, hospitals to make sure of what type of PPE they feel like they're short falling in areas that they're short falling in and, and being able to try to um, make sure that we keep PPE shortages from occurring and overwhelming our hospitals, which is another uh, another bit that uh, we have been part of. Okay, okay. Oh, and one last thing also, Task Force uh, Med has been collaborating with the uh, health department to improve and update their infrastructure in many areas, such as data entry, COVID-19 mapping, and conducting outbreak field investigations that occur in places such as long-term care facilities. And all these collaborations help Task Force Med to assist the state in COVID-19 response. Awesome, awesome. So I'm going to ask you both, but I'm going to start with Colonel Wiles. So what's it been like collaborate like like often we operate in a joint environment between you know especially here army and air so what what's it been like including civilians in your day-to-day life because a, a lot of times maybe this might not be true for your career field but most career fields while you're operating in a military status and doing military things you don't interact with civilian agencies at the same time so how's that been well we have had to do all the above work with our army uh, counterparts, which has been actually an exhilarating and uh, enlightening um, experience for me personally. Um, one of the first things I did when I got my task force together with, with both army and air is that guys, we don't talk the same language. You don't use the same okay. acronyms. Um, if you don't understand one of my acronyms, just ask me. And if I don't understand one of yours, I'm old enough now that I don't feel like I, it's that that I'm dumb. I'm just going to ask you straight out. So that obviously trying to get everybody to speak on the same language the first week or so was was definitely a challenge. Um, getting the two groups to talk together and not just go back and forth to their own. Uh, elements and, and try to work it, but try to work it together uh, down the, the same effort, same line of effort. And, uh, of course, it does. it is good that, you know, we have resources on the air side that we can use, and the Army has resources on their side. But after a, a few days, we were able to say, hey, I need to talk to so-and-so in the Army. 
I need his expertise on um, on some type of medicine that they're talking about using. Or we had a we have a um, pulmonologist on on the air side that, that the army was like, hey, we want to talk to him. And so it, it was a, a great collaboration. Then once we got that down, then we had to start working with the county health off, health officers every day and talking to them and building those relationships. Uh, so when we first started doing it, I think maybe they saw us as intruding into their business, and, and that's not at all what we wanted to do. Yeah. We wanted to be a force multiplier and help them with anything that they didn't have the manpower to do or the time and give us that um, give us let us share that burden with them and after uh, I'd say a week or so we, we we built some really good really good relationships um, over the um, last 75 77 days and uh, and hopefully after this is over we will stay on a monthly or a bi-weekly basis of keeping our, those in case something happens again we don't have to rebuild that two or three years or two or three months. So that's, that's been my take on that. So, ma'am, what's your take in working in a joint environment with not only Army, but also civilians? Um, well, working with the Army, I had experience with that when I was deployed. I worked with both the Army as well as other countries, uh, military such as Australia when I was at UAE back in 2016. I'm also married to somebody in the Army, so it helps with uh, understanding a lot of their uh, different acronyms that we do not specifically use in the Air Force, but they use a lot in the Army. Um, when it comes to the Health Department, um, it has been a great experience. Um, many of them are very willing to allow us in and to allow us to help them um, and assist in whatever they need. And also working with West Virginia University, um, specifically working with uh, Dr. Martin and Dr. Costello in creating that uh, pandemic course has been really nice to get the university's academic input and their knowledge on COVID-19 and how we can take that academic knowledge and apply it to our response. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Caleb. Yes, sir. Uh, I have my deputy commander, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Atkins here from the U.S. Army, if you'd like an Army perspective on that. Sure, sir. Bring, bring him on. If you want to just hand the phone right over. And... Right there. Hey, good, hey, good afternoon. Good um, afternoon. Um, much... Sir, can you introduce yourself first? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Jim Atkins. I'm the Task Force Medical Deputy Commander. Um, my um, inmate traditional soldier. I work at the Huntington VA Hospital Engineering Office. Uh, my full-time job, my in-day job is with the MedDead. I'm the deputy commander up there in South Ridge with uh, Doc Frederick and Colonel Vaughn. Awesome. Um, pretty much what uh, 
LT and, and, and Doc Wild just said it's been a, a it's been a great working relationship in the community. I've I've worked I've been in the guard for eighteen years or the army eighteen years and I've this is my fourth joint task force operation and um, three previous ones were with the Boy Scouts where we worked in, uh, with the Air Force and, and some of the other uh, uh, the the Navy and the Marines. But um, for me personally, this has been an outstanding opportunity uh, to meet our, our counterparts. Um, we're already collaborating, um, looking towards future training with the medical detachment as well as the med groups at the 167 and 130th for future missions and opportunities. It's just a, a, it's been a great opportunity as well as meeting the state air surgeon as well. So it's been a, I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. Do we know how influential we have been in the state uh, response, not, not state military, but as far as state government, that that's something that a lot of people don't know is if, Obviously, we're intertwined, and, and in the press conferences, General Hoyer talks with Governor Justice uh, and gives briefs and stuff, but how involved have we been in helping our leaders um, influence their decisions and give them data? How, how crucial has that been? And this can be anybody answer. Well, I feel that uh, we have learned from both sides, uh, there's types of issues that the DHHR and the counties have that have helped us. And then some of our uh, straight, streamlined decision-making and processes, I think maybe that has helped them on that side. Um, you know, the, the, the military, you say, I want you to do this. And the answer is yes, sir. Right. And... So in, during a pandemic, sometimes that has to be the lead, and then each side learns from each other and then works together. Um, and it's, it's, it's at this point in the game, I, I think that's, that's very much evident on both sides of the government entities and the military entities. And they are, like you said, a lot of uh, embedding in both sides. Uh, every day... Uh, we give a briefing to General Hoyer, and he takes that information and the information that we as Task Force Med have gathered and tries to shape a picture along with the other advisors to the governor of what what's going on in the healthcare community and, and where do we need to go next. And, and so I think it's, we've been very influential in, in aiding our uh, our governor, and uh, I think he sees it. And as as you said, quite often in the press conferences, he's thanking the Army and the Air Force and the Task Force. And so I think it's it's been very we've been very influential on the, on the shaping this and getting ahead of it as the state did. Um, Jim, you have anything? Hey, and that's what the challenges we we face. I think we all agree that we all, uh, whether we're the civilian entities or uh, the military, we, we, we have the best best goal in mind. We don't want to muddy the water. Where each of us are learning our lanes, we have the uh, desired end state. At least on our side, um, you know, much like anything else, we, we try to, we're presented with a task or we try to come up with two or three plausible courses of action and present 
present that to our, our supervisor, much like as well as the uh, civilian sector, kind of working working together in that fashion. Okay. Um, so building off that, going back to the whole, like, guardsman concept, you know, we, we have random people who have random civilian jobs in healthcare intertwined in not only our healthcare positions, but also other positions throughout the guard. Do you all personally think that, you know, being a guardsman and, and being maybe a healthcare worker on the outside and something else on the inside or a healthcare worker on the inside or a healthcare worker on the military and something completely different on the civilian side, do you all think that the guardsman concept provides better knowledge and, and better processes for everything? I think, uh, I think absolutely. We have, um, I mean, we have a vast array uh, of wealth and not, uh, uh, knowledge that we can tap into. Um, we have pulmonologists, ER physicians, surgeons, nurse practitioners, epidemiologists, optometrists, uh, dentists, you name it, um, at our disposal. And I think one of the things, the main things in the medical field, both sides of the, the blues and the greens, the humility factor as well. Um, you might have a cardiologist working with a, with a medic, but everybody's very humble and we all uh, work together for the greater good. So I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, it has been, um, uh, it's real, it's been a very good, uh, benefit, it's been very beneficial for our forces to have that, uh, intertwined working group of uh, professionals. LT, you, you have anything to add to that? Um, yes. Um, I definitely believe that, you know, we are unique in the Guard and that we can use many of the skills that we do in our regular job and apply them to the military, uh, specifically for this COVID-19 response. Uh, for example, we have uh, provided risk assessments um, with, in collaboration with our providers and our nurses and our medics to uh, create and oversee uh, our health screening questionnaires at the security forces gate. Um, we've also, for example, have had to do the uh, medical requirements for everybody that is doing COVID-19 response, uh, such as clinician consultation and lab tests and health questionnaires. And this all uh, assists with that. Um, is there anything you all would like to add? Anything that you all think is important that we did not talk about, whether it's related to your specific department or SERP or Task Force Med or anything? The one thing I would like to, to put in there is the fact that I hope, now if this flares its ugly head again in three or four months, then obviously the lessons learned will will still be with us. But if it takes two or three years for a different pandemic or a different virus, that we don't lose this skill set and knowledge so that we have to re reinvent the wheel again. I, I hope that this is something that's, that's put into the uh, uh, curriculum or the, the common base knowledge of, okay, what do we do about a pandemic about every other year and, and and at least have some discussions on where where the leads that would take that, what leads would take that and, and how we did it in, in two thousand twenty and now 
you know, 10 years from now, they have some kind of new technology. How can we incorporate that in? I just, I just don't want this to just say, okay, it didn't come back for three years and then it comes back and we, we have to start learning it all over again. Right. That's, that's the one thing I, I, I want everybody to take away with this. Be a big heartache to get everything started and have to just say, oh, let's start here and then go, no, nope, that didn't work. We, oh, shoot, we did that 20 years ago. Um, we should we shouldn't have had to try it again. Right. So I agree with you that we, you know, something hopefully is built in to training for this. Maybe if not across the uh, base wide or the national wide, at least within the surf P's and the med group and med comms and med debts across the country. Ma'am, anything you would like to add? Um. I wanted to kind of re-echo what Colonel Wild said earlier about keeping and maintaining our relationship. Um, it took us a couple of weeks to build the relationships on both our arm, the Army side, between the Army and the Air, as well as on the civilian side at the health department. And I believe that we would be better at response and we would be quicker and ready to go if we maintain these relationships on both um, the military and the civilian side. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you all for tuning in. And for more news and stories about the West Virginia National Guard, you can visit us on the web at wv.ng.mil or you can find us on all major social media platforms at the West Virginia National Guard. This has been Staff Sergeant Caleb Vance with the B-Line.